You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. When you read your Bible, do you notice when the Lord repeats himself? So if you were to read that passage of Scripture over again, what would you see that the Lord says over and over again from what I see four times in those verses? Watch. So we were able to go away to San Antonio, my wife and I and the family, and uh, we stayed at a hotel and uh, down towards the lobby area, there was a pool area and kind of a play area for the kids. And of course the girls wanted to go. And it was the, the last day we got a late checkout and um, Tracy, I, I don't understand, but I've, I've given up. I've given up on trying to understand uh, ladies, especially, is Miss Maria in here? Miss Maria? No? She's in the nursery. I know you can hear me, Miss Maria. Um, I, I've given up on understanding. I've really tried, and I, I've, I figure, you know, ladies are a part of my church, a wonderful part of my church. I, I love all ladies, and I'm trying to figure out how to minister to you in the best way, and if I'm going to minister to you, I want to understand but I just can't. Um, Brother Brown, I, I don't know. If I'm missing something, please let me know. But I was talking to Miss Maria the other day, and she is a very picky eater. Um, and so I was going through all these different things, and this is when I gave up. When Miss Maria told me she does not, I'm sorry, yeah, wait, hang on. No, she does not like cucumbers. She does not like vinegar. But she likes pickles. I'm just going to let you think about that for a little bit. So, Miss Tracy, what I don't understand about her is um, she cleans up the hotel room before we leave. She makes the bed. She puts all the towels in one spot. And she cleans everything. Um, so, she told me, uh, why don't you go down with the girls and uh, kind of watch them. I'm going to keep Haddon up here, and uh, I'll be down in just a little bit. I said, Okay. So I took the kids down, and, uh, you know, the girls were running around, and Everly and McKenna, as close as they are, they never want to do the same thing. They're just always running in opposite directions. And I loved what Brother Danny told me. When you have two kids, it's man-to-man coverage. When it's three kids or more, you have to go to a zone defense. So I was down, at, I was down there alone, and there's two kids, so it's a zone defense here. Uh, and, you know, Everly's that way, and McKenna's that way, and I'm just trying to make sure that I'm doing my part as a father. And um, I've just these words are ringing in my mind. Surely I come quickly. And so there's the gate. You know, there's the gate that's leading into this area, and every single person that comes up in my peripherals, I'm looking up. Is that her? Is that her? Is that her? She's not coming. I'm just constantly looking. Is, is that her? No, no, no. So then I start wondering, where is she? Where is she? And I didn't have my watch. I didn't have my phone. I didn't have anything because she told me I was going to be down in a little bit. Honey, surely I come quickly is what she told me. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, is there a phone here in the area where I could call the room and there's no phone? So then I'm thinking there's a Starbucks in the hotel. That's where she's at. And... Um, so then I'm wondering, you know, how much money is in savings. And, uh, but then your mind starts going further and further and further. It's like when you lose your keys and you can't find your keys. 
And you look in all the usual places to begin with, but then suddenly, you, when you don't find them, you're looking in the fridge. <laughs> like, just in case, maybe I put them in the fridge. I don't know. So I start going to all these worst case scenarios. Like, she fell down the stairs. She was carrying Haddon. For some reason, the elevator was broken. That must have been what happened. It was working the entire time, but it broke. So she took the stairs and she fell down. And now I'm just sitting here waiting, and she's suffering in the stairwell. Um, so I'm thinking of all these things, constantly looking, constantly looking. Um, she was kidnapped. She was kidnapped. She has Haddon, so they won't keep them for very long. Uh, and then I start turning the tables. If I was her, I would be here by now. I wouldn't make her wait like this. It's rude. It's rude. And then I start getting frustrated, and the questions go from where is she to where is, where is she? You know, is she not coming? Did she change her mind? Did I hear her wrong? I'm pretty sure she said, I'll be down there in just a little bit. Uh, did I hear her wrong? So finally, after what felt like forever, I said, okay, I give up. I give up. I said, girls, let's go. We're, we're going upstairs. We're going to find out what's going on. All the way up in the 10th floor, we get up there, open the door, and there she is. And she goes, what are you doing here? I was just about to come down. And I didn't have my, I didn't have my watch or anything. It had been an hour, like an hour and a half. An hour and a half. But I can't get too mad at her, too mad at her because while I was doing it, I, I got the thought, this is how we should be watching for the Lord. I was just constantly, is that, is that her? Is that her? I was thinking, when's the last time I spent today? Is that him? Is that him? And constantly looking. And, and so here's, here's my message. We should live every moment of every day expecting Jesus. Expecting Jesus. Now here's where my illustration falls apart. Because in my case, I could just go up to the hotel room and say, what's taking so long? You can't do that with the Lord. Have you ever wished, have you ever wished in any way that you could just knock on heaven's door and say, Lord, can I have a moment? Um, I've been praying for a long time about this, and I'm just wanting to see what's taking so long. You know, why? Why Why do you tarry your coming? And we can't do that. We can't open the mind of God at our will. We can't see into his plan. We can't demand a blueprint of his timeline. And even if we could, we wouldn't understand it. I think if he did, just roll everything out. Here it is. So it's not our job to question. It's not our job to worry or complain. It's not our job to control the situation. It's certainly not our job to give up. It's our job to watch. And if I could go a little further, truly watching is, is expecting. It's expecting him to come. So what does it mean to expect Jesus? And I read this passage here, and, and what I see just inferred throughout the entire thing. First of all, if you are expecting Jesus, you are saying, I believe Jesus is coming surely. I believe Jesus is coming surely. Let the skeptics say what they may. Jesus is coming again. Let God be true and every man a liar. Jesus is coming Again, let the mockers laugh. Jesus is coming again. Let the cults sneer. Jesus is coming again. Let Satan tremble. Jesus is coming again. Let the devil scatter. Jesus is coming again. Let the world know. Jesus is coming again. 
Strike a match to any doubts and fears that you have. Jesus is coming again. It's not a question. Will he come? It's a statement. He will come. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. It's not up for debate. Jesus has spoken. And so it will be. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Those words are written with the permanent ink of doctrine. They're given by the inspiration of God. They're settled forever in heaven. They're sung by the tongues of angels and they are inscribed on the hearts of every person who has ever been saved by grace. And we need to remember that. Jesus is coming again. The trumpet has been polished. I brought out my trumpet the other day and it wasn't very good, but the trumpet has been polished. The menu at that marriage supper of the lamb has been set. And I'm telling you now, Christian, if you don't like sushi now, you're going to have to eat it there. If you don't like Korean food now, you're going to have to eat it there. That's what it's going to be. There's going to be pumpkin pie. There's going to, we won't get into this. You're going to, you're going to get hungry as it is. And when I'm, the dangerous place a preacher can be is in between a congregation and food. So let's move on. But the table is set. The choir is assembled. They've gone through all of their rehearsals. The crowns are waiting. The great cloud of witnesses is watching. The eastern sky is ready to split. The clouds are prepared to gather. The archangel has cleared his throat. All God has to do is speak. And Jesus is coming again. So here's a question. When he comes, will he be coming for you? The answer to that is if you have never come to Jesus, Jesus will never come for you. Read the last chapter of the book. You know when you do that, you get a mystery novel and you cheat and you go to the end of the book and you just read it. Oh, that's who did it. Read the end of the book. Three times in that chapter, Revelation chapter 22, three times he says, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Surely I come quickly. But he hasn't come just yet. And right before that, he sends out his last invitation from the throne. And he says, let he who is a thirst come. You come to him and he will come for you. The Lord can't help people that won't come to him. A lot of people have asked you recently, why, why is all this wickedness and why is all this heartache happening in the world? The Lord can't help people who will not come to him. Let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. That water of life is not good works. That water of life is not church attendance. That water of life is not giving the missions. That water of life is not reading your Bible. That water of life is not praying. Although all of those things have place. That must take first place in your heart is Jesus Christ. He is that water. He told that woman at the well, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is coming surely. And you need to make sure he's coming for you. And you need to let go of your sin. Let it go. Let it go and you need to grab onto him. You will regret for all of eternity holding onto your sin. You can either have your sin and go to hell or you can have Jesus and go to heaven. It is one of those two choices. You cannot have both. You will live the most miserable life 
The devil is perfectly fine if you do not buy into all of his lies. A lot of times we grow up thinking the big fight is between good and evil and right and wrong and completely pure and completely impure and very much. Yes, that is where the battle is pitched. But many people lose the fight between right and almost right. The majority of the people in hell will be 18 inches away from heaven. Because they knew about the Lord in their head, but they didn't know about him in their heart. You'll miss heaven by 18 inches. Because you knew who he was, but you didn't believe. And you will spend eternity in hell, not because of all the things you did, but because of the one thing you refused to do, which was to let go of your sin and trust in him. You need to trust in him today. He is coming surely. And when he comes, he's coming for his children. Are you his child? Are you his child? We can't expect Jesus if we don't believe he's coming surely. He is coming again. Number two, I believe that Jesus will come swiftly. Three times in Revelation, Jesus not only said, I come, he said, I come quickly. So there's no reason to watch if we don't believe that Jesus is coming soon. If we don't believe that Jesus is coming swiftly, there's no reason to watch. The reason I kept looking for my wife is because she said, I'm going to be down there in just a minute. I'll be down there in just a little bit. So I kept on looking. I kept on looking. If she told me that she wasn't coming, or if she told well, then there's no reason to watch. Or if she even told me, I'll be down there in two hours. I'll be down there in a couple hours. For the first moment of time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been watching. Now, maybe as the time came near, I would start watching more and more. But there would have been no purpose in watching it, at least until that time came near. Well, think about this. Jesus said almost 2,000 years ago, I come quickly. So you know what a lot of people say is, well, the Lord lied. The Lord lied. Look in 2 Peter. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. So then why does the Lord tarry? Because I'll be honest, one of the best things I could hear today would be that trumpet sounding. But why does he tarry? He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. One day, that final soul will be saved, and that bride will be completed, and Jesus is coming for his bride. Do you realize that the next event, the only event left on the prophetic calendar for the church is the rapture? That is the only thing left. He said, 2,000 years ago, surely I come quickly. He didn't lie. He's giving us mercy. Jesus is coming soon. Now, we can never know the exact time that Jesus is coming. Look in verse 32 of Mark chapter 13. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Look in verse 35. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. We do not know. But although Jesus never gave us a time, he gave us a promise. He gave us a promise, I come quickly. Don't be the Christian that believes that Jesus is coming again, but he's not coming soon. When Jesus comes, he is going to find many people who believed that he was coming, but did not expect him 
and he's going to find them sleeping. You can't expect Jesus while you're sleeping on the job. You can't expect Jesus without believing that he could come for you today. Imagine if I would have fallen asleep and Miss Tracy eventually would have come down. Where are the kids? Uh, I'm sure they're around here someplace. That scares me. That scares me. Now, you don't scare me as much as the Lord. So why would I say I would, there's no way I would fall asleep on my duty of watching my children, but we'll fall asleep on our duty of watching our heart? Ladies, what do you do when you know somebody is coming over? And I remember my mother, and all mothers are the same in that way. What do you do when somebody says, I'm on my way? Suddenly, the house can no longer look like people live there. And why is this here? Why is that here? And this needs to move here. She's walking around with the vacuum like it's a machine gun. Everything has to be just right. Everything has to be prepared. Why? Because she's a hostess. She wants to be hospitable. She wants people to know that she cares about her home. Now, husbands, we need to help in that way. Husbands, it doesn't matter that you put the dish next to the sink. You may as well put it in the garden. Put it in the sink. Even better, put it in the dishwasher. There's this thing. It kind of looks like a cabinet, but it's not. Um, and you, you open it and you, you put things in there. you got to help, help your wife in order to do that. But, but what do ladies do? They want to be prepared. They want to have everything clean. Jesus told us in his word, surely I come quickly. Is your heart clean? Is your heart prepared for Jesus to come? Are you expecting him? If Jesus sent a message to you right now, I'm on my way. Is your heart clean? Because 2,000 years ago, he said, I'm on my way. I am on my way. Oh, we believe he's coming, but not today. But no, there's no in-between. When Jesus comes, because he is coming surely and he is coming swiftly, he will either find us sleeping or he'll find us expecting him. So my question is, what are we doing now? Are we expecting him or are we sleeping? Are we ready or are we not? Are we watching or are we distracted? And here's an easy answer to that question. It's 11.42. If Jesus revealed to us that he was coming right after the closing prayer of this message, at 12.05, 12.15, Central Standard Time, Jesus is coming again. You are going to stand before God and give an account for your life. As soon as whoever prays says amen, he is coming again. We're thinking one of two things right now. We're either thinking, I sure hope so, or I sure hope not. We're either saying, even so come, Lord Jesus, or Lord, give me time. If Jesus were to come today, would he find you sleeping in your Bible reading? Would he find you sleeping in your prayer time? Would he find you sleeping in your marriage? Would he find you sleeping in your child rearing? Would he find you sleeping in your soul winning? Would he find you sleeping in your giving? Would he find you sleeping in your heart for missions? Would he find you sleeping in your vocabulary? Would he find you sleeping in your church attendance? Would he find you sleeping in your standards? Or would you be able to say, Lord, I've been expecting you. I've been expecting you. Come into my heart. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. 
and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And he says, I want to go into the living room of your Bible reading. What it looked like you were expecting him. I want to go into the den of thought life. Would you be expecting him? I want to go into the basement of your temper. All of us have it. I'm going to go into the basement of temper and all the situations where you could be bitter or you can forgive. I want to see it. Would we be expecting him? I want to go into the closets of your doubts. Would we be expecting him? I want to go into the kitchen of where you have prepared the bread of the gospel to share with the world. Would he see that it's been in use lately? Or would you say, Lord, I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting you to come. Let me clean up some things first. There's no in between. If we would be ashamed to meet God right now, we have not been expecting him. And mark it down, Christian, he's coming surely. And he is coming soon. And here is the sad truth. And it's quiet in here this morning. My job is to prepare you to meet your Lord. Here's the sad truth. There are many pastors throughout the country who could go up to their precious people and say, I'd like to, I'd like to have lunch with you today. I'd like to come over to your house and have lunch with you. Many of those people would speed home, do some power cleaning, get the menu set, get everything clean for the pastor. But then those same pastors could stand up in the pulpit and say, Jesus is coming surely. Jesus is coming swiftly. And those same precious people won't clean their heart for the Lord. You'll clean your home for the pastor. You'll clean your home for a guest. But you won't clean your heart for the Lord. We won't clean our heart for the Lord. We have our priorities wrong. And we are not expecting him. Now, church, I love you. I'm not perfect. I hope you see, even in the smallest amount, how much I love you. And I want to help you, and I want to be your friend. I want to be faithful, a faithful pastor to you. And in order to do that, I'm going to find sin. I'm going to find slackness. I'm going to find compromise. I'm going to find whatever could bring damage to you or this church. And I'm going to strap a bomb to it, and I'm going to blow it up. And if we don't want to get hurt, we need to let go of it and step away from it because it will be blown up. I appreciate your support. I'm honored you're here today listening. It's the privilege of my life to be your pastor. But if we are not prepared to meet the Lord, I've failed you. I have failed you. And nothing breaks my heart more. than to pray and say, Lord, if you were to come today, that man isn't ready. That lady isn't ready. God, if you were to come today, that marriage isn't ready. That home isn't ready. That, team is, that teen isn't ready. That family isn't ready. So many times I have to say, Lord, I'm not ready. 
But all I can do is sound the alarm. I can say Jesus is coming surely and Jesus is coming soon. You can always tell the ones who are expecting the Lord. They're not the ones who are perfect. They're not the ones who have been saved the longest. They're not the ones who know the most Bible. They're not the ones who grew up in church. They're the ones who are just simply doing everything they can to grow and live right. And along that way, we stumble. You know, there, there is a difference between a child of God and a child of the devil. And the difference is not that one of them fails or one of them falls and one of them doesn't. That is not the difference. It's what Brother Rusty preached on on Wednesday. The only difference between a child of God and a child of the devil is a child of God gets up and moves on. You get it right and you move forward. You let go of the sin and you don't pick it up again and you move forward. That is the difference. Here's what 1 John 3 says. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. When we truly believe that Jesus is coming surely, swiftly, when we are expecting him, we're going to do something about it. We are going to do something about it. It's going to come out in our life. But here's the lie of the devil. Here's the lie of the devil that I am begging you. I am begging you to put aside and not believe today. Here's the lie. You have time. Oh, it's a lie. When you say, I am expecting Jesus, you are saying, Lord, I believe you are coming surely. Nobody's going to shake that faith in my mind. I believe you are coming swiftly. You promised I come quickly. Your timetable is not my timetable. A thousand years to you is as a day, a day as a thousand years. There is no time with the Lord. He will come in his due season, and it will be right. The last one here. You need to believe he's coming suddenly. Look in verse 35 again of Mark chapter 13. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. You do not know when he's coming. It could be today. It could be at noon. It could be at midnight. It could be, it could be 2,000 years from now. But he is coming. When he comes, will he find us watching? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. The Bible says, don't let him come suddenly and find you sleeping. How many of you are light sleepers? Anybody here a light sleeper? I mean, you wake up at a feather falling from your pillow. Me, no. No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I am a heavy sleeper. Some people are just light sleepers. And you know, there's a lot of people buying into this idea and finding false comfort in this idea that we are going to be able to go to sleep on the Lord and wake up just in time before he comes. That we'll hear him coming. Okay, so there are two ways that that can go. There are two ways that that can go. One way is you're right. 
One way is you're right. You can go to sleep, and God in his mercy will wake you up right before he comes. And you'll be able to get things all ready and clean. And, but you know what you're going to do? You're going to look back on a wasted life and say, I wish I had given him more. Now we're all going to say that, aren't we? We can all do better. But you'll look back at these gaps in your life where you knew better, but we were sleeping. But maybe you're right. Maybe you can win that gamble and go to sleep. And just before he comes again, you can get right with him. But you're going to look back at that wasted time. Or you're wrong. You're wrong. And he's going to come back suddenly and find you sleeping. I wouldn't want to live either way. I would want to watch. I would want to live expecting Jesus, believing that he's coming surely, swiftly, and suddenly, so that when he comes, we can say, Lord, I've been expecting you. It's been a little longer than I thought it would, but I'm so glad that I watched. Do you realize... If you woke up every morning saying, Jesus is coming tomorrow. Jesus is coming tomorrow. Have you ever seen a restaurant that said that? Like free appetizers tomorrow has that sign up? So if you woke up every morning and said, Jesus is coming tomorrow. He's coming tomorrow. I mean, that soon. He's coming tomorrow. You will never be right and you'll never be ready. But if you wake up every morning and say, Jesus is coming today. He's coming today. You will one day be right. And on that day, you'll be ready. And do you realize, maybe the Lord doesn't come for you in the rapture in your lifetime, but then he's coming for us in death. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Maybe we don't hear the trumpet sound but maybe we're able to cross that Jordan into the sweet glory of heaven and we will stand before him someday. And I want you to be ready. When Jesus comes to reward his servants, whether it be noon or night, faithful to him will he find us watching with our lamps all trimmed and bright. Oh, can we say we are ready, brother, ready for the soul's bright home. Say, will he find you and me still watching, waiting waiting when the Lord shall come. The King is coming. I love that song. I'd sing it for you. Can I sing it for you? The King is coming. The King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding and now his face I'll see. The king is coming, the king is coming, praise God, he's coming for me. Is he coming for you? Are you ready? He's coming surely, he's coming swiftly. Don't sleep, awake thou that sleepest, he's coming suddenly. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.